and welcome to another episode of the In Their 20s podcast, the best podcast for people in their 20s. This series is hosted by both Michael Holmes and Landon Campbell, and make sure you're following us on both Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And this week we spoke with Nick Henning. Nick operates both Henning Staffing and Henning Coaching. Let's jump into an interview with Nick and find out what advice he has for students and professionals in their 20s. Awesome. Let's roll, boys. Perfect. Uh, we're fortunate to speak with you because you work with a lot of young people, old people of all different ages, uh, to help them be the most successful versions of themselves. Uh, so our first question for you now is, how can you have a standout resume in your 20s? Like, what certain things do you need to have on that resume? What have you seen? Um, and what advice can we give to our viewers when it comes to having a standout resume? That is an excellent question. It's really difficult, right? Because, you know, unless you have, you know, done the extra work per se, right? Like if you've joined or you've, you know, been a part of a board or you've done activities to, you know, volunteer and, you know, you have, you know, some measurable results, that's really the most impactful thing, right? Is having something that, you know, your bullet points, because typically they're tasks right, that you've done before, or, um, you know, maybe even, you know, classes that you've taken, but if you can give examples or bullet points where you've moved the needle forward, and I always recommend a specific way of writing your bullet points, and the way I recommend it is that you have an action verb, a strong action verb, right, and then you I like to say be an economist and you use measurement, right? To think about how is this number going to be in my best interest, right? Did I generate, you know, $75 million or, well, that's a very large example. Um, but, you know, you get the point, right? And, and then you use those words and keep those bullet points nice, tight and concise and try to have three to five, um, you know, if you can, right? And I don't care if it's, you, you know, um, increase the, you know, quality of customer service, whatever those things were, right? And even awards. So it's all about, you know, what I tell everyone, you know, when you look at a resume, is thinking about it as like real estate, right? And your most value, valuable piece of property is right at the top. So you want to use the things that you, the skills either hard or soft that you have right at the top that qualify you. Those are going to be in the responsibilities and the requirements sections. Does that help? Of course. No, that's super helpful. Um, you know, there's a lot there and we can kind of go through it just to highlight. Um, I love your analogy of like this, you know, this is real estate. This gets you into the door. You want to make sure that it's well-constructed, organized. Um, feel free always to, of course, like check your resume with friends. Uh, maybe a lot of universities have a lot of different career uh, resources as well. Um, you don't just want to send in your first draft. You always want to make sure you are, you know, looking at it, uh, making sure it's perfect. Um, I love your point about quantifying as well. Um, what you're saying is instead of saying that, you know, during my public relations internship, I wrote press releases, you want to actually, you know, symbolize what you did. You know, I wrote five press releases. Um, I did this. You want to put dates, times, uh, measures. That's really important. Yeah. Five five press releases that increased readership by thirty two percent. Yes. Right. Bam. You, you hit that somebody, good. and I see that as a hiring authority. Right. They're going to look and they go, Oh wow, they really moved the needle forward. Right. So 
what I, I always think, you know, or recommend is you, you the AAA, accomplishments, accolades, and awards, right, when it comes to your bullet points. Think about when times where people were, you know, saying to you, wow, we couldn't have done it without you. Write down, right? And do this every quarter. And this is the thing that I would tell anyone in their 20s, right? Is take care of your career early, right? Mm -hmm. Building your network, getting everything, all of your professional branding, even your, your LinkedIn profile. You know, I say it's, it's really, it's a hook, right? A baited line that's out there at all times for you to potentially be recruited right and to take care of that professional branding every quarter to write down those things that you've accomplished and update your professional branding because you never know when a we're going to hit a pandemic right or b somebody reaches out to you and you got to be ready, gotta be right? ready. you don't want to be like i need a week or two to get my resume together doesn't fly right yeah. Really good advice. As we're building out this resume, you in your career, you've coached many CEOs and influential people. What kind of skills can somebody bring to the workplace? What are the strongest skills somebody can have, which would then translate, you know, to some of the stuff that they would put on the resume? So one of the things that you really need to start thinking about in your 20s is emotional intelligence, right? Emotional intelligence or EQ really is one of the key markers that organizations look for in terms of elevating professionals, right? And emotional intelligence is really simply, you know, self-awareness and awareness of others, right? And, and having empathy. And one of the things that I recommend is, you know, doing that self-awareness and <clears throat> doing personality assessments, whether that's Myers-Briggs, DISC assessments, Strength Finders 2.0, right? Um, definitely do that. Know your strengths, right? Identify your strengths early. Work on your strengths. I am telling you, do not focus on making your weaknesses a strength. It's a waste of time. You'll find the executives, the people that elevate themselves are self-aware enough to know their weaknesses and they hire professionals and surround themselves with people that have strengths in the areas that they're deficient, right? Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. I think that, as you said, that emotional IQ is, is very important. I think that has to do with your communication skills and kind of seeing who or like who you are on a team, right? Am I the person that's leading the team or am I the person that's a great contributor to the team? You know, and that's that kind of goes with that emotional intelligence because you have to look at the different qualities of what make you up and the people that surround you, as you said. Well, and it's right. And setting yourself up for success, right? And also understanding one of the key questions I always recommend, because in your 20s, realistically, get a job, you know, is my recommendation. You know, for, for those that are struggling, they're like, I can't find it in my, you know, my, you know, what I got my degree in or whatever, right? But here's the thing, the most important thing is your manager, right? Your first manager, is it someone that you can grow, you know, up from with, you know, beneath, right? Is this somebody that you feel, think, or believe has your best interests in mind, right? Because it's, it's critical, because those individuals will help you, right? Um, 
you know, for example, you, you've heard the analogy that, you know, rising tide lifts all boats. And you find great leaders that you'll see that can elevate themselves. And you just hook right on to that, you know, uh, balloon as it's going up. And what would you do if you fall into a situation where uh, you're with this manager, maybe you've been with them for three months, and you're like, this is not the person that's going to, you know, take me through the corporate ladder all the way to the top. But obviously, it's, you've only been there three months, so you don't want to just abandon ship. It's not going to look good. So what would someone in that situation do? So I think that there's, you know, you really got to take your lessons learned, right? And, and those are things to do and what not to do. And that's really the most important, you know, takeaways often from poor management are the things not to do in your future leadership roles, right? It's breaking that cycle. Thinking about your career as a whole, you've probably been through a whole lot of interviews. You've uh, instructed a lot of people of how to, you know, succeed during interviews as well. Um, interviews, of course, especially to people in their 20s, can be a very stressful time. Everybody wants to nail that job interview. What are some of the typical job interview questions uh, that you have heard along your journey? And how can, in your 20s, can you really elevate yourself in a job interview? I think it really comes down to practice, right? And my whole thing when I work with a client is really looking at their habits. And people don't oftentimes put themselves first. What I recommend is me time early in the morning before your day gets started, before you know you look at your emails or text messages or whatever, right? Because those are other people's issues. So if you take an hour, right, and create that habit of me time, in whatever function you need it, but it's for you. And, you know, I think that's one of the best pieces of advice I could give somebody is to start practicing, you know, creating an elevator background pitch, right? Because an elevator background pitch is 45 seconds to a minute long high level overview of your background. It should qualify you for the position, right? It's nice, tight, and concise. So you want to practice that I recommend 30 times a day, once after breakfast, once after lunch, and once after dinner, right? And it's all about repetition, right? And rewiring neural networks in your brain. Um, that's a different topic for another day, but you know, it, it's really creating those habits, but also then you're creating and practicing your star stories. So you're perfecting the way you deliver during your interview because you wanna be nice, tight, and concise. And when it comes to individuals that get nervous, I always recommend that you carve out additional time, 10 to 15 minutes before. You do a focus meditation, and that's deep breath, right? Where you close your eyes, you're in a quiet place, no distractions, right? And you breathe through your nose, nice, slow, deep. 10 to 15 second inhale, right? Nice and slow, full chest, your stomach expands and then breathe out, purse your lips and breathe out of your mouth, nice and slow, like you're blowing out of a straw. And you do that for about three to five minutes. And what that will do is it helps you in terms of, you know, relaxing. It actually oxygenates your body and gets you prepared, right? Because obviously, you know, your cognitive ability depends on how much oxygen is in, you know, your brain. And what we don't realize throughout the day is we don't get enough oxygen, right? And that'll help slow down your heart rate and everything give you that focus. <clears throat> and here's another thing. It's all about focusing about 
what that energy is, right? If you listen to sports or athletes, right, you'll never hear them say, I'm nervous before a major sporting event, right? It's always I'm excited mm. because they're taught by sports psychologists how to view that energy. And the same thing happens for an interview, right? Your adrenaline kicks in, it's fight or flight, right? But also, if you look at that energy as my body is preparing to perform, because when your adrenaline kicks in, right, you're hyper-focused, right? Your pupils dilate, right? You, you, it, there's so many different things, but it's all about how you view that energy and also taking some time to give yourself nice, calm, and relaxed before an interview because I've had so many people that they're running late because of a meeting beforehand and they're out of breath or you can just tell they're frantic. Of course. And the last thing you want to do is trip yourself up. So you create time and habits to ensure that you're putting your best foot forward. You speak about these two Ps, uh, patience and practice. Uh, when it comes to patience, really finding your center, um, really finding a way to hone in the energy, energy that you need uh, to succeed during that job interview. Um, you don't want to rush. You don't want to be too stressed out. Uh, treat it like a sporting event. You know, you really want to be focused in the zone. And then also practice, of course. I mean, you can always spend time um, focusing on, you know, who you are, what you've done, and being able to communicate that during a job interview. Um, in, you know, any activity, sport, anything you're doing, obviously, you've seen how important practice can be. Um, and that same discipline can be applied towards a job interview. And I'd love to put you on the spot real quick, uh, just so our viewers can understand the structure of an elevator pitch. Um, if you could go through your elevator pitch, that would be wonderful. Okay. Overall, I have 15 plus years of executive search and sales experience in which I've participated in over 10,000 interviews. I personally placed over 400 plus professionals and led recruiting teams to place over 1,200 professionals in roles ranging from individual contributors up to C-level executives while successfully negotiating over $35 million in salaries. So that's really it. And then when I'm talking to a client, right, is that I talk about really what happened throughout my career is I coached, you know, candidates Mm -hmm. on their job searches before interviews and I'd always hear feedback of I wish I would have learned this or I wish they would teach this in the education system and that's the exact reason why I started and founded Henning Coaching. You know as a recruiter I used to do this with all of my candidates and it helped my submission to higher ratio so I led the recruiting teams in terms of placements and everything else. Now when a person is trying to look for that dream job we kind of talked about how there is a philosophy where it's kind of just get the job and that is great because it is good to just get the experience to be able to put that on your resume and say, I did this. But if you have the opportunity to kind of search for what you really want to do, what's the best way to do that? Like how is, how can I find my dream job or what's the best route to get there? And then yeah. how do I, how do I even apply for that? So I found it and how do I even apply for that job? Well, I think you look at people that, you know, who are your, your potential mentors or, you know, the people that you, you know, uh, want to follow in their footsteps, right? You can look at, you know, history um, to really understand, you know, those individuals that, you know, might be able to kind of give you a, a glimpse of, hey, this is the roadmap, and then reach out to them, figure out what they did, how did they study, what did they do, 
right? Um, I think that's really kind of a, a real basic starting point. I think, uh, I think that's a really great point because a lot of people kind of like neglect this network that they don't know about, right? So we went to DePaul University, for example. If you find someone else in that industry that you love or you want to go into, a lot of the times if you reach out, if you find their email and you're able to reach out, for, out to them, you're like, can we grab a cup of coffee and just tell me about what you do at your job? Because you both went to the same school, uh, most of the time they'll be like, yes, let's go out, grab that coffee, I'll tell you all about uh, what I do. And they're more than willing to help you. So here's, here's another thing right now, right, is you don't, a lot of times we're not taught <clears throat> to focus on it, right, but it's building out your network. And especially on LinkedIn, you can join groups. So go into LinkedIn groups and do a run a search, right, and find those relevant groups, start joining them. And those are also, I, I have templates that I use with my clients to send invitations to connect on LinkedIn, right? And you can use, right, just think about the common points. Hey, I saw a sailboat on their, you know, banner image. I like to sail, right? Think about those common points, but also groups are a very easy one. Hey, we're both a part of, you know, ITSM, you know, service group, or we're both part of whatever group, right? Accounting for beginners. I'd love to connect, you know, and learn more, right? And here's the thing is that, or you can even say, I'm looking for a little bit of help. I see an industry expert like yourself, and I'd love just to pick your brain for 10 to 15 minutes of what your advice would be, you know, somebody just starting out in this industry. The key is I need a little bit of help, right? Like people always want to help. And when you're young, this is the thing, put ego aside and ask for help. Go to your elders, anybody that you respect. People with gray hair, there's a reason they have it. You know, they've earned those stripes for lack of better terms. And the, the sooner and earlier you can get either, you know, a, a set of mentors and individuals that are like-minded that can foster and grow you and help you get to that next level. I totally agree. I think there's that network there and you shouldn't be afraid to use it. Uh, I think it's, it's so powerful. And, and like you said, you can almost create your own one that's not existent. You know, uh, you join those LinkedIn groups and you're able to access this whole new world of people who are just willing to help. So guys, I've connected with probably 25 to 30 CIOs and CTOs of major fortune 500 companies just by sending them the invitation to connect right? Like people get and they build up this whole thing, right? And, and, and it's not about that, right? Like, especially in your 20s, when you say that, hey, I'm looking to build and, and help my career. Most of us, you know, that have, have, you know, worn those battle stripes are more than willing to help. Yeah, thank you so much, Nick. We really appreciate it. Um, again, I mean, you've lived this job interviews, networking, um, you know, coaching, it's really nice to be able to speak with someone who's, you know, been within this industry uh, to share, you know, the best teachings and lessons, um, what you've seen, what works, what doesn't work. So again, thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the In Their 20s podcast. For a full video version, please visit our YouTube channel. And for more information about Nick Henning, please visit our website at inther20s.com.